So this morning, we do begin this new sermon series called Sibling Rivalry, which means for the next five weeks, we're going to dive into some of the most iconic stories in Scripture, stories of siblings, siblings with real issues, with real conflict, with real moral dilemmas. And while all Scripture opens our hearts and spirits to God's will and purpose, these stories These stories are unique, they're intimate, they're personal. It's because our siblings, whether it's by blood or by choice, those people who act as siblings in our lives, these people play a special role, don't they? These are the relationships that actually form us from a very young age sometimes. They are sources of joy and pain for a lifetime. In these early relationships, you know this, we learn compassion, we learn kindness, we learn self-sacrifice. One of Mother Teresa's favorite sayings was this, what can you do to promote world peace? Go home and love your family, right? The family is our training ground, our training ground for the kingdom of God. The place that God intends for us to learn lessons, to learn what it means to love and to give of ourselves. I wanted to introduce you to my partner in crime. I come from a family of two. I'm the big sister, and that is my little sister, Kelly. Kelly and I are as different as night and day, but she is smart, she's big-hearted, she's passionate, and she's devoted to many of the same things I am, most importantly, to our children and our parents. How many of you had that crocheted vest back in the 60s? (laughs) Don't we look awesome? That's probably the very last time we dressed alike, but mom got the picture that year, you know? In all honesty, jealousy, hurt, forgiveness, being taken for granted and taking someone for granted, all of these things I first learned, I first experienced in my relationship with my sister, right? That's how it works. So let's see what we can learn from this family story in Scripture today, a story from the Gospel of Luke. Let's see what lessons these stories might hold for us. Will you pray with me? Gracious God, we thank you for this time. We thank you for the training ground, which is our families, the beautiful mess that they often are. We ask that you quiet our hearts and open our ears to hear your word. In Jesus' name, amen. So, Miss Terry was a wonderful preschool teacher She had all three of my children, and she was known for story time. She could sit a group of four-year-olds down on a rug, and she could mesmerize them, keep them quiet for almost 10 minutes telling a story. And she had these great, she had these great ideas um, with her stories. They were usually about animals, and they always had a moral. The kids would just sit there, and they would listen. And she'd get to the very end, the climax of the story, and she'd say, well, boys and girls, what do we learn from this story? 
Absolutely. And there was always some kind of a, you know, moral about being honest or kind or having courage, that kind of thing. And this routine worked really well until one of my children had her for a second year. And after about a month, he figured out he'd heard all the stories and he knew all the lessons. And so really just a couple of months into preschool that year, in the middle of a story, when she was just kind of beginning to ratchet up, he just leapt up off the rug and he said, the lesson is that we shouldn't lie. I want to go to the playground. Who wants to go with me? <laughs> it was the first classroom coup that Miss Terry ever experienced. But my son indeed knew the lesson of the story. Well, today our text is a story. It's a tale of two sisters. It only comes in the Gospel of Luke. It's only told here. And Christians have always believed that this sibling story in Luke has a lesson. And in fact, you have probably heard sermons about the lesson from this story. I want you to listen. Listen and see if you can discern what the lesson might be for us today. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who sat at, her, at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks. So she came to Jesus and she asked, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. So, friends, now what did you learn from this story? Hmm? What's the lesson? Many have suggested through the centuries that the lesson here is Jesus' radical acceptance of women in the role of discipleship and ministry. If that were the case, the story would go something like this. Once upon a time, there were two sisters. Martha was the oldest, and she was the holder of traditional feminine and family values. When Jesus came to stay at Martha's house, she knew to stay in the kitchen where proper women belong. Now Martha had this radical sister named Mary. Mary was a rebel. And when Jesus came to Martha's house, Mary refused to be hidden away in the kitchen. Instead, she boldly sat at Jesus' feet and she listened to his teaching and Martha was horrified. Please, Lord, she said, put my sister back in her place. This is embarrassing. But Jesus refused, saying, no, Martha, I will not force her into this stereotypical role of a first century female. You'll just have to chill out in the kitchen. Everything's going to be okay. What do you think? It's a story, but it's not the story that Luke's gospel tells, right? I mean, it is true. Jesus rad readily accepted Mary, listening to his teaching. But let's be honest, he also readily accepted Martha's hospitality. 
Yes, Jesus did go against some first century conventions when it came to relating to women and to children. We know that. But there's more going on in this particular story. It's also true that the role of women and the second-class treatment of women in ministry does remain a source of conflict and division in the global church. It even still remains a bit of an issue very close to home. See what I mean? But Jesus and the gospel writers were not concerned about these things, period. They just weren't. So what is the lesson of this story? Well, some have suggested that the lesson here concerns family harmony. That Jesus is getting between two bickering sisters and calling a halt to their jealousy and bullying. Asking them to accept each other and love each other. If that's the case, then the story goes something like this. Once upon a time, there were two sisters named Martha and Mary. Martha was the oldest. She was overbearing. She was bossy. She thought she knew everything. And Mary, the baby, she grew tired of taking orders from Martha. And Martha's type A behavior, it just made her nervous. The more Martha pushed her, the less she did. And it got so bad one day that when Jesus came to dinner, Mary refused to help at all. While Martha slaved in the kitchen, Mary just sat at Jesus' feet. Finally, Martha couldn't take this irresponsible narcissistic behavior any longer. Do something, Jesus. Can't you see she's driving me crazy? She's making my life difficult. Just say something to her, please. Jesus looked at Martha lovingly and he said, You know, Martha, I love you just the way you are. Cook of the year, home and garden show winner, hostess with the mostest. That's why I always stay with you when I'm in Bethany. It's true. Check it out. But I love Mary too. Her quiet, passive nature. You two just need to learn to appreciate and love each other. What do you think? It's a good story. Maybe even a good lesson for those of us that have multiple children. There's only one problem. It's not the story that Luke's gospel records. In the gospel story, if you pay attention, Jesus shows no concern for the sister's relationship at all. Instead, he shows concern for Martha and her distractedness, for Mary and her joy in his teaching. He doesn't reprove Martha for her rude outburst. He doesn't take Mary aside to discuss Martha's needs. He doesn't. So what is the lesson here? Well, wake up, pay attention, because I'm about to tell you. The wonderful story of Mary and Martha, it's not about the role of women in the church. And this tale of two sisters, it's not about family conflict. Friends, those are our problems. Those are our concerns. And while they're important, while they're substantial issues that need attention, those interpretations of this tale miss the point. Here's the thing. I don't believe this is a tale of two sisters at all. This is a tale of the kingdom of God. This tale shows what happens when the kingdom of God comes into an ordinary home like ours. 
into ordinary relationships like ours, into the everyday struggles and stresses that make up our lives. The most important thing Jesus says to Martha, the most loving thing he says to Martha is, I know, I know you're disturbed. I know you're frustrated. I know you're overwhelmed, dear Martha. You have so much going on, so much. Remember, remember who I am. Remember the kingdom of God, it's here. It's in the midst of you. It's standing in your living room waiting for supper. Remember and focus. The kingdom of God is all that matters. You can let go of everything else. Let go of your sister and whatever she's doing. Let go of your image of that perfect meal, perfect home. Let go of your concern about what others might think of you or your sister, your anxiety, all of it. Because only one thing matters. Focus on that. It's like Jesus said in his teaching in the Gospel of Matthew. Do not worry, saying what will we eat, what will we drink, what will we wear, for it is the Gentiles who strive for these things. And indeed... Your heavenly Father knows that you need all of these things. But strive first for the kingdom of God and God's righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. This asked a lot of Martha. And it asked a lot of Mary and the other disciples. And the kingdom of God continues to ask a lot of each of us. It continues to call us to let go. It continues to call us to prioritize and focus. It continues to demand the very best from us and to demand that we look for the very best in one another. That we give unselfishly, that we hope unendingly, that we love lavishly. That we put aside our agendas, our desires, and focus, really focus on being part of God's agenda and God's desire. Friends, that was the lesson that Mary and Martha learned that day, and they learned it well. The Gospel of John records they learned it so well that when their brother Lazarus got ill and died, they knew who to call. They knew whose presence they wanted to be in. They called on Jesus. And when Jesus came late, the funeral already over, Lazarus already in the tomb. They relied on Jesus. They trusted Jesus. And when he came into their midst and Mary saw him, was in his presence again, she recognized the kingdom of God right in front of her. And she said, Jesus, you are the Messiah. You're the son of God. And friends, that was before Lazarus left the tomb. John's gospel also records a last visit in Bethany with Mary and Martha. I told you he went there often. This visit was just five days before his death. And when he showed up that time, again, they recognized the kingdom of God in their home. This time they poured precious ointment on his feet, preparing him for burial, participating the only way they knew how in the movement of the kingdom toward the crucifixion and toward Easter. So boys and girls, brothers and sisters, what does this story teach us? 
It teaches us that when we pray, thy kingdom come, it means something. That we're not left alone in our distraction or frustration or pain. That God is on the move and holy happenings surround us and, and that that starts often in our living rooms and in our closest and most long-term relationships. Friends, our homes and our relationships, they're not exempt from God's kingdom work. They are exactly where God begins to transform us, where we learn to act and to speak as those who know Jesus, as those who live in the presence of Jesus. Once upon a time, the kingdom of God came to the home of Mary and Martha and Lazarus to the little village of Bethany near Jerusalem, and their world was turned upside down. Jesus came into their home, and they experienced love that spilled over and transformed the way they lived together, transformed the way they treated one another. Thanks be to God.